Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes uh, Group Roundtable with partner NCHV, National Coalition of Homeless Veterans. Uh, today is Saturday, October 17, 2020. October is Breast Cancer and National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And we have some really special panelists with us. Uh, today we have Catherine Monet the Chief Executive Officer of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans, and we also have Ralph Cooper, the Community and Residential Veteran Services Coordinator, Cloudbreak Houston, LLC, and co-founder of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. And today's discussion is going to center around aging homelessness uh, for veterans. So our aging homeless veterans are out there, and what are we t- doing with them? How are we helping them? And uh, for, we would like to discuss the rise in the population of aging homeless veterans as well. Uh, there are service considerations that should be made to ensure their needs are met, including making connections to elder care, resources in communities. This is also a population that is often overlooked and no one that is at increased risk from both a health and economic perspective during the pandemic is ever going to be in a better state. We know that they are facing extra challenges. So we have two experts here with us today. And what I'm going to do is start with Catherine Monet. Why don't you lead us in? Okay, here. For your listeners who don't know who we are, yes. um, NCHV was founded in 1990. We are a coalition of organizations that serve veterans experiencing or at risk of homelessness. Uh, we do that in a couple of different ways, including by shaping public policy, promoting collaboration, and building the capacity of service providers across the country. One of the aging veterans in the homeless population know that we've made a lot of progress on ending veteran homelessness being percent reduction in the last 10 years, which is great, but there are still some populations within the veteran population that need special attention, and the aging population is absolutely one of them, given their prevalence in the homeless veteran population and the unique needs that providers will have to be um, prepared to meet. Oh, yes, yes. And I know that, Ralph, you deal with this um, on a community-based level, right, and a residential veteran services coordinator, Cloudbreak Houston, LLC. And so you are seeing homeless veterans uh, face-to-face. You know, what, what is your impression about what's going on now? How, how can we help our veterans, or what do you see as the major obstacles or challenges that they're facing right now? Well, good evening, and um, yeah. it's a pleasure to be here. Yes, sir. With you um, once again. And, um, you know, it's, it's very, very personal to me because I am a, a aging veteran <laughs> myself. And so, you know, it doesn't really feel too good to me when people tell me that the largest percentage mm-hmm. of uh, homelessness among veterans is elderly veterans. So is that what I have to look forward to after doing 30 years of running my own nonprofit veterans organization in Massachusetts. 
being a part of starting a National Coalition for Homeless Vets, serving my country. Is that what I have to look forward to, to end up homeless? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's real easy to happen, you know. Uh, and one of the other things we're going to be talking about, still in the vein of aging veterans, is the insurance that you have. You know, because one of the big things is is that as you get older, you know that the final day is going to come. And are you prepared? so that your family doesn't have to end up burning themselves with a a very expensive burial cost. Yes, yes. Yeah, those are really, uh, and we wait till sometimes too late, right, to think about those benefits and uh, getting things in in alignment. So what's your uh, take on that, and how do you see, um, you know, looking at that? First I'll go to you and then to Catherine, but... How do you see people aligning those uh, veterans' benefits? When they should be applying? How should they seek those services? And is there a number that they can call, you know, to make sure that they are uh, in alignment with that early on? Well, um, Catherine will answer the part about the numbers to call. Yes. and um, But I'm going to talk about, you know, if you're 65 years or older mm-hmm. and uh, – if you're if you're in a um, if if you happen to be able to have VA services, twenty two percent of the veterans at that age have a diagnosis of major depressive um, disorder. Mm-hmm. So you know if you're depressed, you know you're you're sixty five and older. You're, all your friends like me. I'm seventy nine, so a lot of my friends have already passed on. So I mean, you, you're you I'm fortunate to have married a younger woman, and she's <laughs> still around. So, but um, you know, it's really difficult if you're alone. Um, the actual rate of depression among uh, older veterans may even be higher because not all of them are uh, getting services from the VA. Mm-hmm. So the, the number that I talked to you about uh, is, is those that is with the VA National Registry. So mm-hmm. uh, also, yes. you know, if you're lonely, you, can't, you, you don't have friends, suicidal behavior and suicide in older veterans huh. has increased. I was surprised to find I thought that it was the young guys who were, you know, killing themselves, the ones coming back from Afghanistan and stuff like that. But I was surprised to find out that uh, those age 65 years and older are the ones that are the highest increased suicide Mm. uh, among veterans. Yeah, that's that really is tragic, and you know it has a lot of implications as well. Because if you're, you know, um, and especially for the families too, first of all, the death of someone needlessly from a suicide, but then also the veterans' benefits. If you don't have your veterans' benefits in order and have your paperwork in order, that can be tra- you know, tragic to your family as well. So as a veteran, you you may you need to make sure you seek uh, mental health services. 
uh, early on and make sure that, you know, you are here because every veteran, I don't care how old you are, you have something to offer this country and to your community. And it is essential that you stay around because especially in troubled times like this, think of it as your duty. You know, you would never take your life on a battlefield. And we are in the battlefield of a country that is facing all kinds of issues right now that needs your service. So I, I would just tell you that nothing is so bad that we can't, as a group, help each other. We have buddy aides. You know, we were in the battlefield, and we had buddies on the battlefield, and we should have buddies here. Yeah, yeah it's always someone you can reach out to. So, Catherine, tell us about those uh, services, you know, what numbers people can call, and also why it's so important for people to get their affairs in order. So I think getting your affairs in order is absolutely essential. And if you're looking at benefits and information like that, I'd say your best source or your best resource is a local VSO who can help you file your claim, mm-hmm. advise you on your VA benefits. So those are, you know, your legions, your DIVs, your VFWs, your admins, anyone in your community who can sort of help you through that process and get you more familiar with VA benefits is definitely, you know, someone who you'd like to be reaching out to. Uh, I think there are a lot of other things to think about as well. One of the challenges I really see when we think about homelessness is that that it's not only a systems failure, but you're thinking also about people who are in communities that don't have affordable housing and aren't able to afford their housing. And so for older veterans, you know, we're seeing a lot of issues, well, older people in general, right? We're seeing a lot of issues where, you know, the stats from AARP and other Organizations say that 60% of Americans have nothing saved for their retirement. And of those who do, that are, you know, nearing retirement age, the median savings is only about $88,000, which is not going to get you very far in combination with, you know, your Social Security and any other benefits that you might get. So I think the one, if you're a veteran and, like, you know, you think you might be eligible for compensation or a pension, go fill out the paperwork. Oh, go, please. I cannot tell you enough. Go. But, you know, some of those risk factors, right? We're also thinking about how COVID has put a lot of people's employment at risk. And, you know, unemployment is ending of, you know, the end of the last panel. And from our toll-free hotline at NCHV, we just hear this level of despair from veterans who are struggling with housing insecurity because they lost their job. Their unemployment is ending. They're not sure what's happening next. They don't know if they're covered by moratoriums. And one of the things that we think of how employment and housing stability, but the fact remains that older Americans in general have a harder time going back to work than younger Americans, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are these particular challenges when it comes to, you know, maybe physical limitations, depending on what kind of job you had. Yeah. Whether you've got that transfer to, you know, the jobs that are available in the community or whether you live quite right in an area of jobs that you could do. And then you pair that with a pandemic that presents, you know, unprecedented health risks to older people. And that just makes it even harder for people to kind of catch up and stay afloat. Yeah, that's so important because many people who are in the uh, veteran population, especially if they're homeless, don't realize that sometimes they have these benefits and it's just, you know, incumbent upon them to, to try to, you know, reach out and get those benefits that they can have. It makes their life a lot easier um, and, you know, gives them a, a, a hope in this world 
because uh, when you're homeless and you're you know out there, it could be a very devastating experience emotionally, physically, you know, and uh, you know, and spiritually even. Uh, so that that's something that I think you're absolutely right. I'm glad you were bringing up those issues about the uh, benefits because you know social distancing, especially now, doesn't equal social isolation. It doesn't uh, you know uh, you know equal social it, disconnection. Right? <laughs> And we should be, you know, making sure that we stay in touch with these veterans. And, you know, and, and that makes it real difficult because if you're telling people they got to yeah. stay six feet apart, yeah. you got to wear a mask, yeah. then, and, and then saying don't, don't gather, don't come together. So we, at, at our facility, we have 500 previously homeless veterans yeah. there. They want that we had to put in a no visitor policy. Now, can you imagine that? You know, and we wow. just now started to allowing them to have visitors, but no overnight guests. So, you know, you've got grown men and women who are saying, what in the world are you guys doing? And, and it's not us. It's, it's to keep you safe and alive. Right. And, and, and I'm going to tell you the fact is that I know it works because out of those 500 and some odd folks plus staff members, we've had no COVID death. Hmm. None. As a matter of fact, we've only had about eight to 10 actual tested positive. And they've since tested negative and are back in the, in the, in the population. So, and, but we're very strict. You know, people don't like it. They get mad at us. But I say, but you're still here. Yeah, that's okay. A, that's quite <laughs> you, a success story. You're not in, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. so I, I know it's, it's problematic, but we have to try to, to make it through this. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing is on the insurance piece, there is, you, if you get the insurance while you're in the military, if you're smart, you continue it after you get out. But guess what? 18 years old, 17 years old, you get out in two, four years. Is insurance on your mind? You're going to live forever. You survived the war. So um, that's not on your mind. By the time you get ready to think about insurance and, and, and you look around, what, what your mom and dad talked to you about was $20,000 or $30,000. That's not it. That just will get you buried and take care of some of the bills and things that are left behind. So if you're talking about $100,000, $150,000 worth of insurance at at age 40, that's going to hit you up a little bit. But then you got to watch out for those clauses in your insurance policy. (laughs) Don't be like me. I spent $50,000 on my insurance policy. I didn't understand what they meant when I reached 78. That was going to be the end. It said something about 85 in the policy. So I thought I was good to 85. Huh. I don't have that insurance policy anymore. Yes. That, 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 I'm a part of that $112 billion in life insurance policy lapses that the insurance company puts in their pocket. Oh, because yes. I didn't have the, the, the wherewithal to look. So that's what I'm on this show now today 
shouting out to all, young and old, read your insurance policy and make sure that it's going to be covered. Your your beneficiaries will be able to get some money when you die. Yes, yes, because you've been paying and, into it all that time, <laughs> and you know, all that time thinking that they're relying upon and that. get your ben, my beneficiaries will get zero. Yes, from that particular policy, I was fortunate enough to get a policy like a third of the amount that I would have had, but I got one at a reasonable rate. So can you imagine trying to insure me now? Well, I yeah. have to pay. Yeah. I'll tell you what it is. They wanted $1,000 a month. 1000 it for, for me to keep the insurance policy amount that I had originally before I was 78 years old. That sounds like it's insuring somebody, but I'm not sure if it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Well, I'm but, not, you know, if I got $1,000 a month to give an insurance, I can put that into some kind of a, a money-making uh, <laughs> uh, uh, fund right. that I can get back a lot more than what they're telling me, right? Yeah. Yeah, what, what what about the health care needs of uh you know veterans who are homeless because right now we're going into a phase where they're we're advising people to get their um and I've been doing this for the last couple of months but get your um vaccination for seasonal influenza early and then also once the vaccine becomes available for COVID-19 you know for the the SARS-CoV-2 virus that causes it you know so you know what what's your feeling on that the pneumovax you know making sure people are protecting themselves especially if they're homeless because sometimes people have to congregate you can't help but congregate right uh if you're trying to survive sometimes out in the in a general population so what what should homeless veterans be doing as far as their health care do you think they should be coming in and getting checked or what what's especially right now So I'm a little bit biased there. I am one of those people that goes to the doctor and says, yes, give me all the shots, like every last one of them, because I'm not trying to get sick, right? And so I think probably the same holds. I think when you think about homeless veterans in general, they tend to, not only are they older, but they tend to even present older than their physical age, right? Because they've got disabilities, but also because being outside and being homeless ages you. And so when you look at the population, there is a pretty high prevalence of chronic diseases. You know, we hear a lot from our members and from researchers about issues with falls, um, issues with, you know, the usual things that happen when you're old, hearing impairment. You're also at higher risk of violence when you're outside, and especially when you're old. People will kind of target you, right? They'll think, oh, he or she can't fight back. And so let me pick on, you know, that person. And so one of the things that we see a lot is that, you know, the predominant um, population emergency shelters tends to be older veterans. And so given what we know about congregate settings and COVID-19 and the transmission of everything under the sun, you know, and the possibilities of that, I say get your shots, get your checkups, get whatever you need to get done. And, you know, communities should be doing their absolute best to house you somewhere that is safe and hope not in a giant room in a barrack-style facility in bunk beds because that's not going to cut it for older veterans. It's just not. And I think some of those changes are changes that a lot of our members across the country and shelter providers will have to continue to think about making to adequately deal with their needs. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. That's such an important point you just made 
because especially with the COVID pandemic, you know, uh, people going into shelters and maybe some f- little bit of fear and those kinds of things, other issues that are going on and misinformation. And, you know, I know that they're taking extraordinary steps to try to protect the population, as um, Ralph was mentioning before, you know, uh, with the interactions and trying to help people. Uh, but, you know, right now we're also running uh, in a society where there are also food shortages. Uh, there was one report that came out that said about 41 percent of African-American families with children don't have enough food to eat. So this is putting a drain or a strain on the traditional food banks. And I'm not sure if that's affecting, you know, the homeless veterans as well, because now you have to stretch that food across a greater population. And I'm not sure if they're keeping up with that, uh, the demand. Well, I can talk to you about uh, mm-hmm. Cloud Break Houston, which um, I told you we housed mm-hmm. approximately 500 previously homeless veterans. Mm-hmm. And we also have some some folks there who, from Harvey, who are not veterans. And, and so we, we do serve some of those populations as well. Mm-hmm. And the VA is stationed right on our property. We, we have about 250 residents that are, what they call BASH, that's the, uh, the, the VA supportive housing uh, voucher that they have, and, and they have a, a caseworker assigned to them, a case, uh, case manager. And the, the VA people are just fantastic. Uh, every Thursday they go out and find um, um, all kinds of good foods to bring in and supplement what the what the uh, veterans have. These are independent people with the exception of um, uh, 74 units, which is set aside for what they call grant per diem. These are people who come uh, off of the streets in transitional housing, uh, and sometimes they're two to a room. And so that's a separate po- a subpopulation. They belong to a program, so they get their meals. They get uh, their meals free through the program. Uh, we used to have, and I think they're, they're coming back now. We um, have a uh, setup uh, for one meal a day, a one hot meal a day for any veteran who's sixty-five or older. And as uh, as Miss um, Monet mentioned that a great number of the homeless veteran population are are 50 and older. So um, they they make up the majority of the the homeless veteran population. And uh, so African-Americans make up about 40% of the homeless population, but we only make up 13% of the population. Population. We only make up 11% of the of the military. Yes. So, yes. so, but, uh, yeah. so the food is very, is very critical, but um, we have, uh, we encourage our veterans to learn how to cook and mm-hmm. provide for themselves and those Correct. that aren't able to uh, access the, um, the food programs that are available. Mm-hmm. But that is a, uh, that's a big serious issue. And as you get older, yes, are you able to? Are you able to cook? Cook, <laughs> right? Are right. you able to move around and get yes. the things? Yeah, the mobility and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. By yourself? 
Yeah. Right. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.